Welcome to Content Insiders, brought to you by Acrolinks, the AI-powered platform that eliminates content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at enterprise scale. For more information on Acrolinks, stay tuned until the end of the broadcast or visit us at www.acrolinks.com. In this episode of Content Insiders, Acrolinks CEO Volker Smid will speak with Harry McGowan from the Retail Mortgage Department of a leading national bank about eliminating the content trap. How big banks use AI and automation to remove risk from their content. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Volker Smith. Actually, in the United States, my nickname would be Tom because my first name Volker is really hard to pronounce. I learned it over many years by waiting in line at a Starbucks shop getting to wait for my coffee and everybody asked me, so what's your name? I said, Volker, nobody knew what this name is all about, so I created this nickname. But officially, I'm Volker Smith, Chief Executive Officer of Aqualinks, today here uh, with Harry. Good morning, Harry. It's more good afternoon morning, for Robert. me. Good morning. He's manager at a, um, in a retail mortgage bank. It's actually a national bank. And I would like to have a conversation with Harry around the value of content, or in other words, content as an asset. And as much as we all understand the concept of, let's say, the stock that an organization has as an asset and stock rotation and the allocated capital that we have sitting in our stock, I think sometimes it's hard to quantify for every enterprise what's actually the quality and the con cost and the value of my content. And in today's world where we have about 3.5 billion Google searches every day, and we have about 1.7 billion websites deployed with probably more than 50 billion pages, that very question becomes centered to all enterprises, I believe. So Harry, from a retail mortgage bank point of view, if you look at content more from the concept of this being an asset or helps you to improve operational metrics in your organization or helps you to reduce risk, would you resonate with a concept of content as an asset? And if yes, in which way or form? Absolutely, Volker. Uh, when we started down our path, about five years ago, um, content was, some content was managed reasonably well, um, but not, not all of it. And um, if you could put up a website, you'd put up information and, and, and call it good. And we would never do that with a accounting platform. We would never just randomly change it because, you know, John Smith's department wants it to, to do a little bit Different, a little bit different. It, we did that with content all the time. And so we started talking with our executives about um, treating content as an asset and, and the value of it. And just a quick story before we began, um, an underwriter, we had you know, dozens of examples where an underwriter would, would look up some information so, while they're underwriting a loan and get back four or five, six different answers. So, you know, let's, let's say they got back four. Well, they've got a 25% chance of being right mm -hmm. or 75% chance of getting it wrong. So this could mean that a customer wouldn't get a loan. 
that they could have gotten, or maybe they would, you know, were approved for a loan that they couldn't afford. Either one puts them in a bad place. And, you know, we don't want to do that to our customer. It also adds risk to um, the company from both a financial and a compliance perspective. So um, absolutely, I've, I've been able to um, convince enough people that it is an asset and should be closely, uh, closely managed. Now, sometimes even to get to a starting point is really hard. As easy as it sounds, if at a starting point, rarely organizations know, so how much content do I have? And where does it sit? And when have we last updated it? And in any case, even in a bank and a highly regulated organizations, how compliant is my content? It must, must, must have been really hard in these five years to get from the point of realization I have to do something to, okay, how many systems do I have? How much content do I have? How compliant is it? Tell me a little bit about this journey. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We started out um, looking, you know, making sure that we have one source of truth so that team members only need to go to one uh, website or portal. And that was our driver. And we, we talked about the time that we'd save team members. And that was, that was important about a couple of years in, so about three or four years ago, um, it became really clear that the real driver is compliance and risk mitigation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I used the example earlier, um, you know, whether it's an old underwriting guideline or uh, um, regulatory, regulatory information that's out of, out of date, that's just a killer to an organization because you don't know it's sitting out there until the legal counsel gets brought in or um, one of your regulators comes in and says, hey, why is this this way? So, um, you know, we consider that the hidden bomb, time bombs that, you know, you don't know what's going off. So we um, sat down on a pass. We, we were able to um, put up a platform and consolidate all the content onto that platform and began putting rigor around the content management process. So you had to have a content owner. You had to be, it had to be approved by, um, most often by the owner, legal and compliance. You know, there are all, all these, all this rigor that we, we set forward um, for the, the uh, content, including uh, periodic recertification. So, you know, the content owner will go in and say, to the best of my knowledge, this is all correct. Um, so we do that every, anywhere from six months, every two years, depending on the type of content. But that's, so that's the first piece, right? Getting that, getting it all in one place is that first big step. Um, and then understanding where those time bombs are and do, you know, taking, removing them or getting them up to date is important. And it is a, a very uh, tough task because a lot of times you're pulling information up, you have two different documents you're saying to two different people, which is the right one? Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're both pointing to their own. And so there's a lot of 
detailed work, a lot of um, conversations, negotiations, but um, it's, it's absolutely worth it because you know you're providing those team members who are, face, who are serving the customers with the most accurate information that's available. So I could imagine since every bank that I know has a chief compliance officer at some point, he or she would ask, okay, now we have rigor and control and now we need to establish a baseline. And then we check every month, how are we doing in terms of content compliance? Because the risk of not being compliant is probably a high, high degree of legal cost or some sort of cost. So I think as a chief compliance officer, I would have a vested interest. How are we doing on a monthly basis? How is that conversation going? Uh, it's going um, relatively well. So it's a good story. It's helping, uh, helping um, those individuals in, in the compliance organization understand what we're doing and, and the, rigor, the rigor we put in place and, and what else, you know, what additional rigor we may want to take a look at. Um, the, I would say we're probably, you know, if we were to be audited tomorrow, I would say we would we'd probably pass the audit. We might have a handful. So we have over a thousand documents. Uh, you know, maybe a handful of them might be out of, out of compliance or have um, non-material mistakes. So I'm still referring to, you know, it's an old phrase for a, an operation center. Um, we still have some of those uh, sprinkled in and that's where a tool like Acrolinks is going to come in very handy. Um, as, as we go through, run Acrolink, run the publications through Acrolinks, uh, we'll be able to identify those de deprecated terms and, and remove them. So, uh, you know, overall, the compliance uh, organization is very happy with what we've put in place mm -hmm. because we can tell them who changed it, who changed the content, when it was changed, who approved it, when it was approved. All that information is at our fingertips. And um, it just is very reassuring for those uh, for the compliance folks. Great. So there's, I think in our world, when we look at clients, there's always this dimension of cost avoidance uh, of some degree, but there's another component, which is more on the positive side of an operation. Uh, we realize that governed content that provides a high degree of clarity also contributes to a net promoter score, or there's a subterm that is called NPSE for net promoter score for engagement. I would imagine that any organization that manages content the way you describe it should also have a positive impact on NPS or NPSE and help you to retain or get a better engagement score with your clients. Is that mm -hmm. correct or not? Uh, um, I would say we are far better in the rigor area than we are in the engagement and, and that's where um, we're, we're really this year upping the ante on our use of Acrolinks. Um, when I look at, so I, I, we manage three main types of content. We manage uh, policies, mm -hmm. whether they're corporate or uh, business level policies. 
uh, and they all account for the regulations and all that kind of stuff. Procedures, right? So how do I keep complying? You know, what do I have to do to stay within the policy? And then um, change communication materials that help you understand when, when a policy or some or procedure changes, you know, what is that, how does that impact your job? So if you think about those three, they're, they're linked together, they're integral, integral to each other. Um, we've done some uh, spot checking and we've taken some areas where we struggle with compliance and we look at the corresponding content available for team members and you know it turns out that the content's written on a college or college level or higher and there are a lot of reasons for it the, the easiest reason is you know to explain it or rationalize it i guess is writers write for approvers they don't always write for the audience they write for who's going to approve their content and so you know if you're a policy person you're going to have a policy manager approving it that you know they're going to write the way that policy manager thinks not the way a team member thinks so it may not be causing a compliance issue but certainly not helping so the the positive is as we continue to get the um, information more and more easily understandable and at their fingertips uh, we, we have shown over the year, over the course of this project or this effort, um, that we do save time in, in the, the amount of time people spend looking up policy or procedure or training information. Uh. And um, the 2018 number for operations and underwriters uh, was a little over a million hours, a million staff hours um, that we've gained. So, I mean, that's a, that's a sizable chunk of time. And, and in some cases, it's 15 minutes. Some cases, it's half an hour. You can't, I mean, you, you could put a dollar value on it, but it's hard to because, you know, if I save 15 minutes, if I save you 15 minutes, are you going to use that 15 minutes for a customer? Or are you going to go get a coffee? <laughs> go get a cup of coffee at Starbucks, right? Yeah, so, back to my example. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's where... Um, that's where we see the positive, uh, you know, so beyond the cost avoidance, it, the easier we make it for our team members, the more easy, the easier it is for them to serve their customers well, and the more confidence they have in the content, which again, translates to confidence when they're talking with the customer. Excellent. Well, Harry, I must say, um, I think we've touched upon almost every possible point that I had on my pocket, on my little list here that I had. I would have loved to have that conversation in person. Unfortunately, in mm -hmm. current times, to have a personal interaction is somewhat limited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to the next chance that we have to have the opportunity to extend that conversation because it was very insightful and very helpful and very much centered around the value of content. And it always requires an organization that realizes the value mm -hmm. of a platform. So I think I can only imagine the challenge and difficulty, but also the reward implementing a platform, making that a success and embedded into an organization is probably, that's the hard part. Then gaining right. the value, the outcome, that's another piece, but really appreciate the talk yeah. today. 
and as I said, really would love to have one coffee together at some point when we all can freely <laughs> travel and enjoy a conversation over um, a coffee. Harry, thank you very much. Thank you. Meet Peter Page. He's just your average piece of enterprise content, ready to engage, educate, and convert your target audience. But in the process of getting to your audience, your content has to pass through different teams and layers of approval. If your enterprise doesn't have a practice of active content governance, things can get messy. Content chaos happens when your content has a different style, tone or terminology depending on who writes it and where it is written. Maybe your content lacks a native level fluency or different teams use different words and phrases to describe your product to consumers. Content chaos slows down your content release schedule, impacts your budget, your brand awareness and your revenue. That's where Acrolinks comes in. Our platform captures the way your enterprise communicates, aligns your content with your guidelines and analyzes the performance of your entire content operation. We're an AI-powered platform that solves content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at scale. It supports development and product teams to write fluent, simple documentation and UI strings with maximum efficiency. Helps your marketing teams write consistent, engaging content for different target audiences across different channels. And gives customer success teams more time to create knowledge articles and support content that customers can find and understand. Using the power of active content governance, Acrolinks manages content chaos so clear content gets to the right audience faster. Unify your content creators, experience efficient content creation at scale and deliver better content faster with Acrolinks. Contact us at www.acrolinks.com.